1: Recorded live.
2: I don't know if that worked at all, but that was Tina giving us a great intro. Thanks, Tina Grannis. And now we're going to do the playoffs. Thanks,
1: Grannis. It was pretty uh, quiet.
2: Well, we do what we can. So we have. The Suns and Celtics in the finals, which is shocking to me. I can't believe that the Bucks or Bullets didn't make it. So I'm going to throw it right over to Sugar Sean, the Cleveland Cavaliers GM. They did not make the playoffs this year by design. If that's you know what you're into, Sean, what do you think about the playoffs so far?
0: Um. I had uh, thought like you did, and I, I actually predicted that the Bullets were going to be in the finals against the Suns. So I did uh, think that the Suns were going to come out of the West, but uh, I actually picked the, the 76ers to beat the Celtics and the Bullets to take them out. So I'm um, kind of surprised uh, like you were to not see the Bullets or the Bucks there. I mean, we all know that Dumps got a pretty good team there and that he had a chance, but uh, uh, he's had a lot of injuries on his team and still not at full strength. So I was a little surprised to see that happen.
2: Totally agree. It seems pretty fair that the Suns made it in retrospect because they were a good team and then they picked up Mystic Stone right at the end there, which probably pushed them over the top. Commissioner, twenties by four. Twenty by four is uh, what were your thoughts about the playoffs?
1: Were you surprised? Uh, no, I wasn't I'm not really surprised that the Celtics are there because um uh, they ended up with the best record in the league despite all those injuries to basically every one of his rotational players. Well, I guess not Lockhart or Jackson, but everybody else, and they usually miss big chunks of time. So now that he has everybody besides Thompson, it's not surprising to me that he is in the finals. And then the Suns, uh, they're one of the best teams in the West. It wouldn't have surprised me if I guess the Rockets or Suns is kind of who I figured, but maybe the Lakers could have come out too
2: that's a good point that I had forgotten the Celtics did suffer so many injuries during their regular season and now that they're healthy they should be much better so good point everybody
1: forgets that
2: everybody does forget that and who got traded for Carl Mix I don't remember but moving on so I think we all expect the Celtics to win the final now which is going to be great for everyone uh, they're the better team from the better conference, and they have those injuries to worry about. And Michigan Stone is good, but, I mean, I don't think he's going to make a difference for the Suns to make it happen. Does anybody expect anything different? Does anybody see a Suns win? Complete silence. Good. That's what I expected. No, yeah, no
0: not really, no. I'm, I'm kind of rooting Frank still, but uh, I think that uh, dump's going to take it.
2: Strongly agree. So that's where we are in the playoffs. Let's look back at the season, which starts with the 30 draft. And Patrick Ewing is incredible, and I am shocked at how good he is so soon and how good he's going to be. I mean, Ward is set up for forever. I mean, unless some miracle happens and Ewing goes somewhere else, but it, it's hard to see that happening. And just with Ewing, he's going to be, especially in the West, he's going to be a contender for years and years to come. And then everybody else in that draft was pretty terrible. I mean, Sean's guy, Mario Eli, or Ely, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was
0: yeah, pretty
2: good. He's pretty good. He's not great, but he's pretty good. And then everybody else is just awful. I don't know, Sean. I mean, he's your guy. You also had somebody else in the draft. I can't really remember who, but what are your thoughts on the draft?
0: Um, trying not to form, you know, too harsh of opinions too early. I mean, I, I thought that uh, – Xavier McDaniel, I think Xavier, the X-Man, he's been decent already. Um, I mean, he's been a productive player, at least as a rookie. Uh, But I I like Ely, been kind of disappointed with Malone at this point, but hoping that he can still bring it together. You know, he's still got high potential, uh, at least shown potential. So hoping that he'll be able to get things going. And we'll see a couple of these rookies start to uh, look a little bit better in the next uh, couple of years. I. You brought up, you know, Ely and then, you know, some of the disappointing uh, rookies. I know that uh, a big point uh, of contention throughout the season was your was with you taking over the uh, the rookie uh, ladder, um, which, uh, you know, Pete made a a good point recently. There's been a lot of uh, feedback on that. Um, And as you've said, you know, nobody's really given you a reason why you should change the format. And uh, I think Pete made a good, pretty good uh, point in your defense that, you know, people want to criticize you uh, as, you know, you've been making drafts and making players and saying, you know, well, how is Eric finding all of these gems? But then, you know, you're actually showing us, you know, hey, here's who I think is the best based off of just what we're seeing in the software. Uh, and then there's been negative feedback from that. And, you know, you're you're kind of providing that, you know, what you're seeing and, you know, why you would think that some of these guys might be productive players, uh, guys that in the past you might've been able to pick up on the cheap. Uh, and, now that you're actually providing that information out to other people, then you've been getting negative feedback for doing that. So uh, I think that Pete made a pretty good defense of, uh, of you and how you were doing it.
2: I really appreciate that, Sean, thanks. and of course, Pete has my back as well, and I, uh, like I do, I am really shocked about everything about that rookie ladder. I didn't anticipate this at all, but let's hold that thought because the new sim is up, and I'm looking through the games now. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Oh, Ooh, it's looking like it's coming down to the wire.
0: Yeah, so I just looked at game four. Oh, and I see that the Suns also took game five here. So it looks like that maybe this is Celtics took game six. So we did get a game seven here.
2: This is amazing. And it's so funny yeah. because for so many years, Ankley had the scarlet letter, if you will, that he would always lose game seven. And I believe the first Game 7 he won in many years, if not ever, was against me in the finals. And now here he is with another Game 7 against another not-that-great Eastern GM in the Atlantic, no less. And he's got Game 7 again. So I'm sticking with Ankley. I still think Ankley's is going to uh, pull it out. I'm not a Celtics believer. Oh, no, wait. The opposite. I'm still a Celtics believer. I don't think Ankley's going to pull it out. But you never know. It's Game 7. You never know. What are your thoughts, Sean? What do you think is going to happen in Game 7?
0: I know I had said I thought that the Celtics were going to pull it out, but in our, we just had a live, uh, special live casino posted by our commissioner, $200 max bet on this uh, Game 7. So I, I put it's the 200 on the sun. on the
1: sun. match between
0: Hebes and Pete. Oh okay, I'm sorry. I uh <laughs> but I missed it's that.
1: probably a decent idea to do it. I'll let the final the game seven be it too. You can bet on both.
2: Now, I don't bet on anything ever. He's minus is minus seven point five. Does that mean he's going to lose or he's going to win?
1: He's favored by that much so he'd have to win Ooh. ten to two to count to cover. He must be uh much better.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't I don't know how that works. I line. feel like Pete would be better, though. I'm just, just basing that off of completely nothing. I feel like Pete would be better at foosball. I don't trust Hughes in football. Foosball. That's my feeling on that. But Game Seven. That's no offense to Pete and Hughes. That's much more exciting to me. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Uh, Twenties. When do you think you are going to simulate Game Seven?
1: Uh,
2: if I hear from Akin. Anton-
1: uh, on no, if they want to make any changes or not, then I'll go ahead and do it.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So while we wait for that, returning to the rookie ladder, when I started it, I it never occurred to me that there would be backlash. I mean, people saying, my guy should be on there, you put this other guy too high, okay. But the level of it and the... Nutriol of it was very surprising to me. Um, I do think that the new perspective on what makes a good rookie and what they're going to look like going forward, I think is could be helpful to people whether they want to take that information or not. Uh, because clearly, as you said, there's clearly a wide divide between what I look in look at in a rookie and what other people do. So we'll see how it turns out. Uh, A lot of people were saying they think Xavier McDaniel is going to turn out great. And I want to say for the record that I really like in real life Xavier McDaniel. And if it was up to me, I would have made him a complete stud. But it's not up to me. It's up to the profile. And that's what I put in. And then who knows what Tony did after that. So it's nothing personal. I also don't have anything against Taco. I just think that when a guy shoots 45% from the field, and 70% from the free-throw line doesn't take any threes, doesn't block any shots, that eats the bum. That's all there is to it. So it's, I hope it gets better in the future. I hope there's not as much angst in the future and that we can just look at it more as a new perspective. And if somebody else wants to do a rookie ladder, then great. I wholeheartedly endorse that, and there will be even more perspectives. More information is better. But I don't want to focus too much on the rookies because, again, aside from Ewing and to a lesser extent Ely, they're just not good. What I do want to look at is team turnaround from this year to last year. And I've never looked at this in the past, so I don't really have any frame of reference. But this year compared to last year, the Rockets are plus 36 wins, the Spurs are plus 22, and the Lakers are plus 21. Which I feel like is a pretty big change. Although the Thunder yeah. just blew it up.
0: Go yeah, ahead. And some of that. Some of that, you know, could, we could expect. You know, with the Spurs, we saw him make a. We saw Victor make a number of moves uh, this offseason. So, you know, that's not too shocking with the things that we saw him do. Uh, you know, he brought in Elton Brand. Uh, he, he signed a couple guys as well. Uh, so that's not shocking there. At least to, to see him make some sort of turnaround. Uh, and we saw, well, you you had made a trade with uh, with Tyler. Was, was that this past off season, or was it at, in the in the middle of last season?
2: I believe it was the off season or very early on, something like that. Yes.
0: Okay, so uh, you know that that too that you know we did see that those two teams uh, really you know built uh, uh, by trading and making some trades uh, with the Rockets. I think that one was probably the most surprising one, just because of. Uh, a big factor in that being, like you talked about, Ewing. That you know, obviously, you know, he was had the first pick last year, and uh, now all of a sudden he's the best team in the West. He signed Embiid, and it looks like that Embiid and Ewing is going to be just quite a dominant front court there. Uh, and then uh, he did make the trade to get Benji in the middle of the season as well. Uh, didn't necessarily get that trade uh for him but uh you know with him already having Embiid and Ewing then I can see why he would try to uh move one of the big men and I would say the the third of the three big men uh to try to get some other piece that would be able to help the team now since it did look like they were ready to kind of go ahead and jump in and compete.
2: Totally agree with that, Sean. I really like the Houston trade for the Rockets. Allen Houston and I mean they play in Houston, so that's great there. I was confused by the Benji trade, especially because his contract is so long. But, I mean, like you said, they went from worst to first, so they're doing something right. Now let's briefly pause to look at the Game 7 sim that just went up. And I will hold my thoughts briefly while everybody looks at that. (laughs) And it's extremely comical, I'll just say that much. Um, And now that's long enough to pause. Great work from the Atlantic once again. Dump brings it home. And certain GMs have commented that they don't care for cocky Dump, but I don't mind him. I'm glad for Dump. Congratulations, Dump. Great job. If you want to call in, I'd love to hear from you. I can't speak for anybody else. I'm delighted that Larry Bird led the team in scoring and still didn't get player of the game in Game 7. That amuses me a great deal. I'm extremely amused. That Lamar Odom led the Suns in scoring, which is surprising to me. Ooh, playoff MVP is up. Nope. The
1: Suns are pretty balanced, so couldn't be
2: anybody. That's true. That's fair. But just because it's Lamar Odom and it's against the Celtics, I think that's pretty sweet. All right. So this season's in the books. The Atlantic ones again. The Atlantic is awesome. The East is awesome. When was the last time the West won a title? Didn't even know. Oh, the Kings, right? Okay. Let's look at playoff MVP. I always like that. Yeah, franchise. Makes sense. So, so Celtics took
1: the All-Star Game MVP, the League MVP, and the playoff MVP this year. That is That's
0: impressive. It. Congrats, Dump.
2: Where do you go, Dump? Where do you go, franchise? Where do you go, Jimmy Jackson? Happy. What are your thoughts... Going forward, oh, we see a couple of joking people saying going on to 5.0. I think that's a stretch. Looking at the Celtics going forward, I don't know. It's, I mean, they got to bring back Franchise, obviously. He's winning all the awards. He's a great player. He's getting kind of old, and they don't have a ton of cap room. So I think once they bring him back, they're pretty much done in terms of making moves. What do you think, Sean? Going forward for the Celtics, what are they going to do?
0: Um, he put himself into a interesting situation with him uh, extending Thompson that I'm curious to see how this is going to work out for him because now he's kind of in a crunch as far as trying to be able to sign uh, to bring back franchise. Uh, So uh, he's definitely in a unique situation there that I am very curious to see how it plays out uh, just to see if it is something that he's able to to bring him back because otherwise then – you know, we're, we're looking at that he's got a hole at point guard. Uh, now he does have a you know a good backup as well, but he's also expiring. So uh, interested to see what's going to happen with the point guard situation there, because you know the, the Bucks still have a lot of talent there. Um, the Bullets do as well, although Jesus is hitting the market, um, and then the Sixers also again have a lot of talent. So uh, the East is very competitive right now, and that's going to be a a big off-season for Dump again.
2: Totally agree. I'm looking at Thompson's stats now. LaSalle Thompson, this is the center on the Celtics, who was on a minimum-level exception and was extended. And great defensive numbers, great rebounding numbers. I think that those will continue. The year before this, they weren't as good, but the three years before that, they were very good. And he's 6'10", he's a big boy. Shoots a little too much, but you got to do what you got to do. In terms of value for the dollars, it's a great deal. But like you say, if it costs him Steve Francis, it's a terrible deal. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Celtics. The East isn't going anywhere. The East is going to be great for a long time. Uh, we have a few tankers, but mostly we have a lot of 50-win teams. So even a little slip-up is going to cost them big time come the playoff brackets. So, throwing it over to hey, your questioner.
1: Hold on a second. Yeah. How do you guys want to do the re this time? Do we want me to go through them as they pop up, or do you want me to try to go through all of them and then announce later what, uh, I would what ones is, are deemed important?
2: I would open up a notepad window, and I would make notes of the good ones as you go, the ones you think are good, and we'll all trust okay. your judgment. And if somebody we want isn't said, then that's just too bad for us because reading out every single one is pretty extreme. Okay. I'll Appreciate go ahead and get started on running. Anyway. So Sean and I, let's look ahead to all these new GMs we have. We have new GMs. I believe one of them is your friend.
0: Yes. Yes. My friend, Adam, uh, he, uh, Got to know a, a few members of the league because he is in the college uh, football fantasy league that Odin started. So uh, about half half of that league uh, is GMs uh, in the Sim League. So uh, actually in our commissioner 20s. So uh, 20s, Dump Time, myself, Magic, uh, the new GM, uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, Odin is also in there. I apologize to anybody. I was forgetting that is also a GM in that league. Uh, but so – interaction through the draft uh, Adam you know kind of got to he was talking to those guys some and uh, some of them had mentioned it and uh he I had, I've talked to him about sim league for a while so I joined uh in last year so it's been I've been in the league for a little over a year now uh and kind of talked to him about it he's kind of known a little bit about what was going on with the league uh, he's asking me some questions here and there uh so then uh now uh that we had the opening uh, I, I had actually mentioned it to him as well uh, so something he kind of came in. So then once the guy, some of the guys got to uh, interact with him a little bit, then they had also mentioned uh, having him come on. So uh, there was one day where I think three separate people uh, had mentioned him uh, coming in as the Hawks GM without me even being involved in the conversation. So I told him, like, hey, you know, there's, there's some guys that are mentioning you if you're interested. And he kind of checked it out a little bit and uh, now has uh, come on.
2: I think I can speak for everyone when I say thank you, Sean. We appreciate the effort you're putting into this because clearly we uh, need some new blood in this league. The old recruitment avenues are drying up. And so we all appreciate you. Thanks for the good work. It's too bad they took the Hawks because their situation going forward doesn't look too great with Wes Matthews and Lil Penny because, well, Lil Penny's a good player. Wes Matthews, not so much. Great job, Pete. And they don't have max room until everybody comes off with books. So he's in kind of a tough spot. Not the worst spot certainly that any GM has inherited. But he's got plenty of work to do out there in Atlanta. So Yeah, I, I think
0: it's not I was just going to say, I think it's not too bad of a situation just because the fact that we've seen, especially in the Hawks franchise in the past, that because of a number of bad trades in the past, that we've seen Hawks GMs that came in and did not have their picks for a while. Uh, So just coming in and actually having his own picks, not only his own picks, but then also having uh, the 39 Nuggets pick, having uh, the... Uh, 40 bucks pick you know even those even though those are not really going to be good picks just coming into the league and not only having his own picks but actually having additional owed picks coming to him is a, a much better situation than we've seen a lot of hawks uh, gms come into in the past and i do want to back up and apologize i did forget banks off of our list of uh team of gms that are also in the fantasy league so uh no offense to banks you know i love you
2: a great point great points all the way around i mean i wouldn't worry about the banks thing so much he's not even going to listen to this but it's good to apologize
0: some of the other new said, teams,
2: go ahead sorry banks actually said he might call in if we're uh
1: still doing this when he's playing Lance, so we'll see but i i, I kind of think we'll be done by then if you're trying to do a fastball
2: strongly agree I'm looking at some of the other GMs, new GMs especially, and I'm looking at the Sonics. And uh, this came up when I was doing the... I'm going to set up something to look at CAP going into the future because we have that great reference for current CAP, but going into the future, not so much. And the Seattle Supersonics next year have $5.5 million, period, spent on players. So they're in great shape If they want to tank, now that they have their picks again, they can pick up minimum guys, pretty much like Yon used to do, in fact. And if they want to go for guys, I mean, they have room for three max guys. They could sign three max guys. Yes, just three, not four. Not quite four. They have three max spots, so they're pretty much the Heat, pretty LeBron. So that's a good spot for them. That's good for De La throws. The Hornets, yeah, not so, so much. They're still working on it. What are the new gyms that we have? The Grizzlies. Let's look at them. Grizzlies aren't they, in great shape.
0: They dumped off Benji, so they, that was uh, one of their pieces that they actually did have on the team was uh, Benji. So he moved him and was able to get Benoit uh, Benjamin in, uh, try to acquire some younger talent.
2: Very smart. It's so funny to me that Clark Kellogg has a long term deal. This random guy, because I remember, I don't even remember who the magic GM was who was talking him up all the time. It was probably JHB, And he's Rump, just please. not good. He's just not good. So the new GMs are looking pretty good. They're involved to a reasonable degree, given their situations. Another thing I want to look at is the 3038 draft and not so much at the draft itself, because I think that's pretty clearly going to be good. I mean, Anthony Davis is going to be amazing, judged by his profile. But it's the last draft that I will have any part in, because going forward from this point, Tony is going to be doing them completely until if or when he decides not to do there anymore. So I'm wondering, Sean, as a fellow GM, what you think about GMs in general having a part in designing the draft, and whether you're a
0: plus or a minus in that going away. Uh, I mean, there's pluses and minuses to it. I mean, it. I, I think it's better, pro, it's probably, if it's possible, best to not have a GM involved in the making of them and not having any information on, on the prospects at all. Um, but honestly, if it's something that is, I know it adds additional work for the commissioner. If it's something that makes the commissioner's life easier or will extend their period of time as the commissioner, uh, then it's something I would be all for returning if 20 starts to get burnout. out by doing all of that work, then, then I would definitely be all for someone uh, helping out and taking uh, taking that role back on, whether it be yourself or someone else, uh, just to try to help him out with that if he does feel that it is a, a little bit overwhelming having, the, uh, having both of those uh, on his plate.
2: Makes a lot of sense. I'm just noticing that we have a second Ohio person on the line.
0: Uh, that is Adam. He he wanted to call in to listen. I I had let him know earlier that we were going to be having the lotto was going to be done live uh, on the podcast so that he could uh, call in and uh, listen to it live. So I uh, don't know if he was looking to talk at all, but I, I know he did want to at least hear the uh, lotto.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Thanks for the explanation. Tony's, are you there? Yep. I was wondering. <laughs> so that's no problem. I was just wondering if the sheet that I sent you was in any way useful, because as Sean brought up, obviously we would prefer no GMs having a part in designing the draft, but it's a lot of work, and we would also prefer a commissioner to go on really forever, because that would be the best. When I think of the ideal situation for me as a GM, it's a commissioner being there forever and no changes of any kind. So I was wondering if the sheet I sent you was helpful, because I had seen that you had been designing guys along the way.
1: So I've probably made like the, like twelve or so players at this point, point. Um, and I actually haven't used the sheet yet, so I can't really <laughs> speak to it one way or the other. Um, I fair enough. Through looking at through looking at the other guys that you had made, and then making some adjustments, you know, and trying to see how that's affected. I, I've gotten pretty good at just um, eyeballing it, and then I'm usually a maximum of like one or two grades off after I. And then I just kind of tweak it to get to the right grades. But that's pretty. Impressive. I might use it. I might use it in the future if, uh, if it seems like I feel like I don't know. We'll see how it goes.
2: That's pretty impressive. I feel like when even when I use a sheet, defense obviously is a complete crap shoot, and you never know what you're going to get there. But even I found things. Just when I forget, like I'll be designing a guy and I forget to give him rebounding grades and then the rebounding comes up, it's like five grade chart. It's like, oh, right, I should have done that and I should have paid more attention to the sheet. But I am glad that it's coming easy to you because if it's easy for you, then great, then hopefully that will continue. And if it's not and the sheet comes in handy, that's great too. It will be helpful along the way.
0: While we're on the topic of the draft, I also want to just say for a future draft that uh, I want to clarify that uh, Jerry Lucas is in no harm. Uh, he, he's in no worry, uh, no danger, at harm at my hands. I know that uh, there was a little bit of uh, worry about that after uh, after my PM to Fizan w- was published uh, for the uh, public to see.
2: I think, Sean, you don't have to worry about it, given uh, the... I'll just say it. obsession that I've shown for Grannis. I think compared to that, everybody <laughs> there's a very high bar for you to clear and you're not even close. So I wouldn't worry about it.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Eric.
2: Much obliged. So that's all the things I had to talk about. So I don't really know what to do now. I guess Sean, if you have any topics you want to bring up, now's the time.
1: Let me take probably, yourself. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if I'm putting too many people in this list. I think I'll, <laughs> I wonder if I think too many people are relevant. Oh, well. I wouldn't worry about it.
0: So I think, uh, you know, as he's getting that together, one of the things I was going to say is we're going to find out here. I know that there's uh, really people wanting to know just because really until, uh, until our commissioner gets to the point where he can, where he's actually running the lotto, uh, there's not somewhere to show him how the tiebreakers broke down. Uh, so we've got a few uh, ties in our uh, standings here for the for the uh, lotter for the lottery uh, order here. So uh, uh, this is for the odds here. We have four teams that are 27 and 55. We we have the Memphis Bobcats. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, the Utah Jazz, and then the Seattle Supersonics who do not own their pick. That actually is owned by the Nets. Uh so we've got four of them there and those teams are tied for the sixth spot, so six, seven, eight, and ninth odds right now. We we don't know what order that's gonna be. So that's something that we're gonna want to keep an eye on whenever the uh whenever we do, do get to that point uh so we know exactly what order those odds were in uh before the lotto's actually run. Uh, Same thing with that. looks like that. tied for the uh, fourth and fifth spots is the uh, Orlando Magic and the Indiana Pacers, Uh, although the Pacers are listed lower on the standings. So it looks like that they would be having the better lotto odds.
2: That's a great point, Sean, because even though it's a low chance, obviously you'd much rather have that slightly higher low chance than the other one. I've never looked into this, but my feeling is that they just do it alphabetically by team name, because if you notice, Bobcats are above Hawks, Magic are above Pacers, Jazz are above Supersonics, and even outside of the lottery, the Bucks are above the Celtics. That might be a division thing, but still. The 76ers, number sign, are ahead of the Bullets, so I'm pretty sure Heavy Rain just did it alphabetically, because that seems like something you would do, and it's really... I mean, the NBA has a million rules for tiebreakers, but I feel like he just did it alphabetically. So, in this case, the of uh, all the 27 guys, 27 win teams, the Supersonics, I'm pretty sure, would have the best odds, and the Bobcats would have the worst. Sorry, Odin.
0: Well, that will be interesting to watch then and see if that is how it plays out.
2: Indeed, indeed. According to Dump in the Talk shoe shout chat. The bucks were ahead of him, so that buttresses the yes. point that it goes alphabetically. All right, that's absolutely everything I had to say. I don't know how close twenties is to being done. Twenties.
1: I don't know either because it doesn't like give you a progress bar or anything. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, I didn't
1: hear any of that. Oh, sorry, I said I don't know how far I am either because it doesn't tell you how far it doesn't have a progress bar or anything. Okay.
0: Yes, I, um, I know you didn't want to get too much into the draft, but uh, just kinda since that's one of the next things we have coming up, I mean you know, we'll be discussing some of the key re signings as well as then talking about retirings as well. Uh, so we can kind of see who retired. Obviously, there could be some big changes. Uh you know, we talked about about Dump's cap situation, uh, you know, one, he's got a pretty large contract on the books right now in Matthew Lockhart, that that's something that um, obviously his situation with uh, Steve Francis is completely changed if uh, Matthew Lockhart were to retire. Uh, I, I've got a couple guys that are older and large contracts as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if any of those guys retire uh, or if they all stick around for another year at least. Uh, So that's one thing that we're going to be looking forward to as well on the pod once uh, 20 has all of those re-signings. The other thing then also be going over the lotto and doing that uh, to figure out the draft. Uh, There's been some uh, mix, you know, Uh, a mix of uh, opinion here based on what we're seeing just from the uh, GMs and the articles that were done for leading up to the draft uh, as far as where they rank the players. Uh, now, one of those was done before the summit was run and one of them was after. Uh, so tacos are much more leaning on the summit results, uh, whereas um, the Cuban report draft uh, big board is is based off of just looking at the profiles and the grades. So a uh, situation where we see that Cuban uh, has Anthony Davis as his number three prospect with uh, that being one of the top guys on tacos board. Uh, and Taco having Dion Waiters actually ahead of Bradley Beal based off of that summit results, uh, with Bradley Beal being the number one overall player on the Cuban big board. Uh, now, as we do Again. want to make sure we. Uh, you've got them? Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, just for our, our new GMs, one last thing I want to say we do want to always make sure that everyone in uh, aware going in that whenever you look over the Cuban reports, whether it be for draft or free agency, you do want to take everything with a little bit of grain of salt as far as uh, if it's going to affect the uh, new the Jets or I'm sorry the Nets in some sort of way because uh, that's something that is always going to be affected with how he looks at that and how it's projected.
2: Strongly agree. Go ahead, Twenties. All right. So after I the
1: resigning finished. It pops up the lottery, so it's the fake lotto, but I do think I have the, the odds then, the order, so I'll let you guys know that. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be the same the next time. I'm assuming he put in some type of criteria, and it's not just random. But uh, so one is the Cavaliers, obviously, two Clippers, three Thunder, four Pacers, five Magic, six is the Nets from the Sonics, seven is the Jazz, eight is the Bobcats, and nine is the Hawks. So oh. it looks like, unfortunately, our new GM got the nine instead of six. So And uh, okay Eves got 1.6. Now, that's just odd. In the fake lotto, it was uh, the Thunder ended up getting the first pick. The, the Nets jumped to number two, and the Cavs were number three. But that's fake, okay. So.
0: And that's also interesting then to look at because then it had the Hawks behind the Bobcats, so it was not in that uh, alphabetical order there.
2: I was completely wrong. Now it will be
1: interesting to see if it's the same odds the next time I do it. I would assume it will be, but okay. Let's get going with three signings. Um, All right, the first one, Matthew Jacobson, the change point guard god, free agent. Mm -hmm. Uh Goran Dragic, two years eighteen million. Russell Westbrook, free agent. Uh Kenny Satterfield, I only put him on here because I remembered he was on, in the bottom ten of Eric's on off column from last year. And he's offered to re sign for six years eighty million. Uh yeah. Uh Mark Biondi of the Raptors, six years eighty three million. Clay Thompson, free agent. Uh, Guy Rogers, free agent. He's the point guard from the Pacers, coming off his rookie deal. Um, Don Ole, four years, $32 million. Steel. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Um, Lester Connor, free agent. Lee Mayberry, the Celtics' backup point guard and their fallback plan for Steve Francis. He's a free agent. Um, Tony Bennett, one year, $8 million. Derek Martin, free agent.
2: I never liked him uh, anyway.
1: Yeah. Tanner Cousy, five years, $52 million. Hot Rod Hundley, the point cut from the Nets, uh, is offered for two years, $5.2 <laughs> Wow. Yeah, he kind of caught a break there. Uh, Larry Friend, free agent. Rowdy Evenson, free agent. Nick Van Exel, free agent. Bismack Biambo, free agent. Uh, Jim Brown, free agent.
2: Carl Nix,
1: two years, $13.8 million.
2: Yeah, my boy.
1: Hawkeye Whitney, one-year minimum, like he does every season. Uh, Mike Woodson, three years, tw- $25 million. Uh Dave Rupp, free agent. Al Greer, six-year max. Bucky Bockhorn, free agent. Deep Francis, five years, $72 million. Another cheap deal.
2: Not that cheap, uh, but pretty cheap. It's still good for, for Dump, for sure.
1: For an older guy, like a second max type of, you know. Uh, yeah, good for Dump because he could only afford, what, 16.3 in the first year. Uh, Sam Jones, free agent. Uzmati Cisse, free agent. Alexis Geiger, two years, $6.4 million. Ryan Robertson, Sim Ocho, one year eleven and a half million. Jesus Shuttlesworth, six years, one hundred and thirty one million. Borat, five years seventy five mil. Kyle Austin, four years thirty two million. Michael Beasley, free agent. I us this one in for Eric, because I know he likes the name. Mesmore LeBaron, one year minimum. That's an
2: amazing name. Come on.
1: Uh, Tinkman Patton, free agent. Mike Farmer, two years, five million. Jordan Clarkson, free agent. Elgin Baylor, free agent. Mm-hmm. That was one of the big names. Popeye Jones, free agent. Uh, Terrell Brandon, free agent. Costa Cufos, four years, 76 million. Elton Brand, six years, 125 million. Alt Young Thomas, PYT, free agent. Dante Exum, free agent. DeAndre Jordan, free agent. Doug Overton, who's still in the league, I guess, free agent. <laughs> Todd Chavez, free agent. Jack Parr, four years, twenty six million. Georgie Murasan, four years thirty five million. Charlie Tyra, one year minimum. Ben Baker, four years thirty six million. Edwin Roberson, free agent. Richard Anderson free agent, Hassan Whiteside one year four point two million, uh Harrison Conrad free agent, Broderick Williamson free agent, Jeff Whitie, another one year minimum, Adrian Payne free agent, uh Gorgie Gang, one year minimum, Wallace Bryant, one year minimum, Jim Creed. Or Kreb, however that one is pronounced, three years, $11 million. Wow. Wayne Embry, yeah, that's a pretty good one for Taco. Wayne Embry, three years, $11 million. And Wang ZZ, two years, $15 That's the last one. What was that
0: salary for Wang? It was two years, $15 million. Thank you very much. I've been trying to keep up and post them in Shout. Thank you very much for doing that, Twenties.
1: No problem. I will uh, give me a few minutes and I'll come back to do the retiring in the lotto.
0: Okay. Well, uh, Eric, uh some uh big ones there. I know that Kreb was one that was being talked about as being one you know, maybe the be- one of the best uh, big men on the market and being just one of the best uh, people available. I believe that uh in shout uh, yesterday. Uh, that uh, he said that that was going to be his, that that was one of the players in his top five free agents for this year. And he signed for three years, 11 million. That is quite the steal.
2: When I look at Kreb, he reminds me a lot of Roy Tarpley, who was another Warriors guy. I mean, he's better than Roy Tarpley. Don't get me wrong, but I am not convinced that he's a star guy going forward. With that said, getting him for under $4 million a year is an amazing deal. And Taco should jump all over that because regardless of anything else, he's got great block numbers, whereas Roy Charpleys were very good. So that's a great contract going forward. I'm happy for Taco, handsome Taco, I should say. (laughs) And that's really good for him. I'm not, again, sold that Krebs was a great guy going forward. I mean – he didn't even break 20 on a Warriors team that was, what, in scoring by Xavier McDaniel? Can break? So great deal, not that great a player. What I'm really interested in are the Celtics because he can accept that franchise deal if I'm doing my math correctly and, you know, get up to 12 players with minimum guys. But that gives him franchise, Jimmy Jackson, Matthew Lockhart, unless he retires, Larry Bird, so got Gobert, bear. So Thompson, that's, I mean, that's the whole nucleus back. He's going yeah. to be in great shape to repeat. I mean, again, you have to get out of the East, which is hard, but he's got all his guys back and I would think dump couldn't be happier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you, you know, obviously, like you said, that a lot of that, a lot of that money is then tied up in that starting nucleus, um, you know, and, and it, an injury could really kind of derail that some, but you would think that after this season, that uh, you know he couldn't possibly get as many injuries as he got this season. I mean, knock on wood, they're dumb.
2: I mean, Larry Bird missed 39 games. I mean, that's probably not going to happen again. Franchise missed 22. He's going to be old, but not that old. You got to figure Bird will be around a lot more going forward. It's it's looking really good for the Dump Time Celtics. Congratulations, Dump. Again, I'm getting a great deal back, assuming you accept it. Bringing everybody back, it looks really good for them. I am briefly uh, looking over... It looks like a lot more free agents than we've had in the past.
0: Yeah, a lot of free a agents. Of agents. Uh, another, another re-signing that jumped out at me was uh, Hot Rod Hundley for the uh, Nets. That two years, $5.2 million. My goodness.
2: Yeah, that one is completely ridiculous. I... I'm shocked that that happened because it seems like that the software will give out the easy contracts for guys who are doing things that don't make a lot of sense. I mean, the classic example is the Jesse Epstein, who wouldn't get any assists for you, but is still a top ten point guard. But when we look at Hundley, he's got the assists. I mean, he's got the scoring. It seems like he has everything that the software would like in a point guard. And he still comes in with his sweet idea. I mean he only has the nine greed, but still, I mean this deal is fairly preposterous. So congratulations, Mark you on that. I assume you lost the foosball. So you've got one for two on the night. So congratulations. All
0: right. All right well I think I think he was our big favorite. I think he was the big favorite for the foosball, and I think he was up pretty big. So I think he did I win. I think on he that, won 10-1, Yeah. But he did uh he did have the his other guy hit the market though. Uh, in uh, Sam Jones. So go ahead. uh, Who are the retirings?
1: All right. Uh, First one, Bob Cousy of the Warriors has retired. Finally. Rudy Gay of the Timberwolves has retired. Antonio Demler of the Bucks has retired. Paul O'Reason of the Cavs has retired. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Ronald Savage of the Rockets has retired. He finally hung him up. Uh, Doug Overton has retired, the guy I mentioned. Nick Hall of
2: Fame. Mark it down.
1: Uh, Le Bradford Smith of the Suns has retired. That's a a little bit of a hit. Did he he uh, retire
0: four times? (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Uh, Kevin Brooks of the Kings
1: has retired. Well, oh, we're out. surprising. Uh, Greg Orkfell game the Mountain, has retired. Uh, Broderick Williamson of the Kings has retired. Todd McCullough of the Bulls has retired. Ooh. Chris Washburn of the Cavaliers has retired. Hall of Famer.
2: That's a shocker.
1: He's so young. Zan Kabak of the Thunder has retired. He was in his 30s, at least. That's true. Arvidas Sabonis of the Cavs has retired. All the Cavs are calling it quits. They couldn't take it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: And, okay, that is all. Thanks a lot, Tony. I'd like to briefly touch on two teams that struck my eye here. One is... Still pretty good. One has completely fallen apart, and that is the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves were really, really good for a really long time. And now, Rudy Gator's retired. They don't, I don't think they have Captain to go after another Max guy. They pretty much just have Sim Dump and a bunch of bums.
0: Hey, what there's do you John see?
2: Long. Say again?
1: They have John Long. He's, he was on the top 10 score this year, I think.
0: And oh, he, he had this. 30.8 uh, was All-League 13.
2: Not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, so they have two good guys and then a bunch of bums. No big men. So where do we think the Timberwolves are going forward from here, if anywhere? I mean, can they blow it up? Can they compete? What are they going to do? I think...
1: Yeah, to oh, I okay. <laughs> If I was him, I would... Uh, I would try to trade Sim dump and then try to rebuild around long and whoever he can get with. I think he has all his picks, so I'd probably go that route. Because he doesn't have, like you said, I don't think he has free agent money to spend with that dump contract. So. Make sure sense. Yeah,
0: think to, Sean, e- your thoughts. Even- uh, yeah, I, I think pretty much the same exact thing. I, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, you know, he he does only Sim dump only has the one year left on that contract. That you know, it's a big deal, but he's only got the one year left. Uh, and Sim dump definitely has a lot left in the tank. There we saw this year. Uh, so uh, you know, I would think that he might be able to move him somewhere uh, to try to get uh, more. And he does indeed own his own picks. Uh, So I would think that that would be the best bet for him is just to try to break that down, see what he can get and uh, try to go from there.
2: I would massively overpay some free agent center and then regret it for the rest of the contract. So that's what I would do. AO. That's my advice. The other team I was thinking about was the Kings, which I hadn't thought were on the way down, but with Kevin Brooks gone, now they are clearly on the way down. They still got the Knight contract and Knight is still obviously very good, but, I'm looking over. Besides Kerry Scurry, who is not that good, and of course Covington, who's a great defender, where do we think they're going? Let's start with Sean. Where do you see the King going? Um,
0: well, he's already, I think, been looking at trying to see ways that he could try to start to break down. Uh, I, I think he's just been looking for buyers, and there's just not been people that were buying. Especially just, you know, looking at his that, you know, his guys were all a little bit older. That Brooks was 35 and making a lot of money. That uh knight you know definitely still seems to have stuff in the tank but he's making a lot of money he's got you know three more years uh, after this year still on that contract uh and he's going to be 32 so uh i imagine he's going to continue to try to to break that team down some but he may run into a situation like as now that there's just he's not really finding buyers for them uh he Losing, you know, losing Brooks. You know, he does still have a couple pieces, so he should still be a decent team. Um, but uh, if he can find any buyer, he doesn't have his own pick next year, so that's something to also keep in mind. Uh, so I don't imagine he's in too much of a rush for that. But uh, if he can find a buyer, I would think he might offload them, even if it is going to benefit uh, Fazan in the short term.
2: It's so funny. For so many years. Uh, King's first round pick was basically a second round pick because they were always, 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 always good. And now, somehow, Faison finds the one King's pick that's going to turn out to be actually worthwhile. Great job, Faison. I think I believe that... Go ahead.
1: I believe that's the only pick that's still out, if I remember from what I traded, that after the next year, they, they have all their own picks.
0: Yep, yep, it's just the one. Yep. It's bad timing for too poor. So I'm ready
2: with the lottery whenever you guys are. Let's do the lotto. Let's close on the lotto.
0: Yep. uh, Let's uh, read them off in order from 13 and I'll kind of try to type them in. If you don't mind going uh, a little bit.
1: Okay. Yeah, no problem. I did go ahead and uh, post a screenshot, um, in the draft under a lottery thread, just with the odds, but I'll, we'll go ahead and read through them as well. Uh, I think there's only one, as long as the Ode picks is correct, I think there's only one Lotto pick that belongs to another team. So uh, 13 is the Nuggets. 12 is the Bulls. 11 is the Hornets. 10 is the Warriors. 9 is the Hawks. 8 is the Bobcats. 7 is the Jazz. Six is the Sonics pick, which belongs to the Nets. Five is the Magic. Four is the Pacers. Three is the Thunder. Two is the Clippers. And one is the Cavaliers. Congrats, Sean. Well, that was the odds. No, no, that was just the odds. Oh. I'm bad. (laughs) But congrats on your uh, successful tank. (laughs) That happens every Every year. Um, Why not?
0: All right, so let's go forward with the uh, results then.
1: Oh, do we have Keynes on the call now? Yes. How long has that been? A
2: while. I just haven't said much because you haven't talked to me. Sorry, Keynes, I oh. didn't even see you. That's my Sorry phone. Sorry, I didn't know okay. you were on. Okay, I have run the lotto.
1: At 13, it's the Nuggets. 12 is the Bulls. Eleven is the Hornets. Ten is the Warriors. Nine is the Hawks. Everything's still chalk so far. Eight is the Bobcats. Seven is the Jazz. Six is the Magic. You've got to be Jesus. Jesus which means the Nets pick has jumped. Every time. Five, and it actually happened in the fake one, too. So, uh, Five is the Pacers. Four is the Cavaliers. you got to oh. be kidding.
0: Sorry, Sean.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, three is the Nets. At
2: least he didn't get one.
1: So the two remaining are the Clippers and the Thunder. Number two belongs to the Thunder, and number one is the Clippers.
0: All three, you can go suck a dick. The Nets, the Thunder, and the Clippers.
2: That's a really tough break, Sean. Sorry about that.
0: Well, I've I've got a top three. I think my third guy is going to be there at four, though. So,
1: yeah, it's. Oh, it especially because okay. the two and three guys stayed in order. They mm-hmm. moved up to one and two. but So Sean was the only one of the top three that dropped and it dropped to four.
2: Nowhere to go but down when you're at the top. That's true. All right. Let's close it out. Let's start with Keynes because he hasn't gotten to say anything yet. Keynes, what are your closing thoughts? How is it that Dump and and heaves just everything always works out for them.
1: Doesn't matter what they do, it just always comes up good for them.
2: So fuck both of you. And that's about it. Dynamite stuff, Games. Let's throw it over to Sean. What are your closing thoughts, my man?
0: This lottery was awful. That's uh that's what it is. No, congrats to Dump. Uh you put together a nice team. I mean obviously, you know gotten a lot of crap because you know they it came together with some luck and free agency and winning the lotto but uh you know you you can only do what you you can only control what you can, can control so uh you've put a nice uh, team together around them uh, I, I think that uh stealing uh uh LaSalle thompson away as, as your as a uh, mid-level exception was a, a good deal for you he fit nicely into your team um even though you uh were not going to do it that uh, deal that then brought you uh that you made with Ank to, to bring in uh, Lockhart uh, ended up working out for you, especially with all those injuries that he played well for you. So uh, congrats on the title. Um, I hope that you do not repeat next year. I, 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 I like you, Dump, but I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, uh, and uh, like I said, fuck this lotto.
2: i like to echo what Sean said insofar as congratulating Dump. Great job, Dump. You got lucky, but you were also good. That's how you win. You get both. I'm sorry to the people who got bad luck this time around, but it all evens out in the end. You just have to go into an infinitely long number of iterations, and it all works out. (laughs) For the last thoughts, let's go to the commissioner, 20 by 4. Any thoughts to close out the podcast?
1: Yeah, okay, a few things. Um, I would like to echo Sean's sentiments on, instead of fuck this lotto, I guess I'm not echoing your sentiments. I want to say fuck the Celtics for winning it all because they deprived us of softest GMs in the game, part two, which Ankley was going promising to write and post had he won. Um, I was going to make one more comment. Oh, yeah. So as far as Eric's rookie ladder goes, um, I think people may be wise to pay attention to some of the players that he likes, Um, but I would also say everything that he is, all his analysis is on how everybody is right now at this point in time, so plenty of people don't give up on your rookies. I think there's going to be a lot more good players from last year's draft, not just one in Patrick Ewing, so that's about all I've got to say on that.
2: Very cryptic. That's what we need in this league. More mystery, more confusion, everybody panicking. Thanks to Sean and Canes and Easy 20s for coming on to this podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And that's it for tonight. Thanks a lot.
1: plus.